All right, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the New Testament in a year, and we are in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, which means we're almost through with the book of 2 Corinthians. This is kind of, until we get to the book of Revelation, this is kind of the end of the larger books. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, some of those 28 chapters. Uh, the book of Acts, uh, you know, 28 chapters. The book of Romans, 16 chapters. You know, First and Second Corinthians, 16 chapters, 13 chapters, respectively. Well, we're going to move into a bunch of small books. Some of them will get through the whole book in a week, on a Monday through Friday. So that'll be fun. We'll make it, be making lots of progress as we move through the New Testament. So we're in chapter uh, 12 of Second Corinthians. And Paul is sort of defending himself, and he's calling it boasting. He's calling his defense boasting. He said, this is what I need to do. So he said, I must go on boasting. He said, although there's nothing to be gained. There really is nothing to be gained by uh, standing up for yourself, protecting yourself. It's never gotten you anywhere. It doesn't seem to get you anywhere. But nevertheless, sometimes we just need to give the explanation. Sometimes we just need to state the facts. But it it doesn't necessarily change people's minds. So uh, the Apostle Paul said, you know, it's crazy for me to do this, but I'm doing it. And, you know, what is it? What is there to gain from it? But maybe somebody will see things differently. He said, I'll go on about visions and revelations from the Lord, because that's what a lot of the false apostles would do. Because how can you prove whether somebody had a revelation or somebody had a vision, you know, that God came to them? You know, how can you how can you prove that? And he said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Now, a lot of people think he's speaking of himself here. And whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. But I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. And he's really not going to tell them. So he's tell, he's talking about one of these sort of heavenly experiences. And a lot of people claim these things. How can you, how can you disprove that? Uh, there are some interesting things with some of these incidents when you hear people's stories. Sometimes you hear the story and you might think right away, oh, boy, that sounds made up. But there are some other things where people have had incidents where this has happened. And there is an incident of a, a young uh, child who said that they had this experience, this sort of afterlife experience and, you know, being in the third heaven or whatever, and knew something about a grandfather that they had never been told about. So... I don't know what you do with that. So uh, the Apostle Paul is not going to give us a lot of clues either, except to just say that he had this kind of an experience. And he said, I'll, I'll boast about a man like that, but I'll not boast about myself except in my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I'd, I, I, would, I would not be a fool, uh, but I'd be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted or by what I say, because of these surpassing revelations. You know, I don't, I don't want to use these things that God has shown me to kind of give my uh, spiritual resume. Boy, you know, the Apostle Paul something, look at the experiences he had. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power will rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Hmm. So this thorn in his flesh, some people think that this thorn in his flesh was actually a physical ailment. And there seems to be evidence that the Apostle Paul had some illnesses. For one thing, uh, Luke traveled with him and Luke was a physician and Luke seems to be Paul's personal physician. Paul does say in the book of Galatians, that, which we're going to look in that book next, he, he said that the reason he stopped in the region of Galatia was because of an illness. And that illness, he said, I testified that you would have given me your own eyes if you could have. So maybe that illness had something to do with his eyes, but he stops there. And that's the reason that he stops in the region was because of some illness. Now, a lot of people don't like to think of the apostle as having an illness, but he did. Uh, here's a guy who they used to take his handkerchiefs and bring them to people and people would be healed. Yet when his right-hand man, Timothy, was sick, he couldn't heal him. He said he left Trophimus sick on uh, Miletus. So it doesn't seem like he could heal at will, but many times the Lord used him to heal people, he used him to do miracles. And so some people think that maybe it was a physical thing. Others think that it's these, wherever he goes to plant these churches, right behind him is what they call the Judaizers. And the Judaizers would come to these new churches and they'd say, it's great that you came to Christ, but now that you've come to Christ, you need to obey the law of Moses. And, and some people say that was Paul's thorn in the flesh, that everywhere he went, these people would come right behind him and start laying all of these religious trips on people. Other people say it's the difficulties that he had, and there might be some evidence for that right here in the text. Because he says, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. Uh, because when I'm weak, I'm strong. So maybe it's those things that keep him remembering that he needs to depend on the Lord. Because whenever things just seem to be going great, something goes bad. He gets shipwrecked or there's persecutions or somebody beats him up. And so he's reminded that it's the power of God working through his life and it's not him. He said, I've made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. You made me do it. Yeah, I don't know if I should have done this or not. I ought to have been commended by you, for I'm not the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I'm nothing. I'm not inferior to those guys that you're comparing me to. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to other churches, except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Oh, yeah, Paul, you know, he would never take anything from us. He didn't, you know, he thinks our money is worthless, whatever. Uh, now I'm ready to visit you for the third time, and I won't be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. I don't want your stuff. I don't want your money. I just want you. I just want us to get along. I want us to work together in the kingdom to spread this thing all around. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. I'll give my whole life for you. I give everything to you guys to just see you grow. If you love me more, will you love me less? Um, be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you. Yet, crafty fellow that I am, you said I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men that I sent to you? Those guys didn't take advantage of you. I urged Titus to go to you and I sent our brother with him. 
Titus didn't exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footpaths by the same spirit? Listen, all the guys we sent, none of them took advantage of you either. Have you been thinking all along that we've been defending our, ourselves to you? We've been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. We're just doing it for you. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear there might be discord and jealousy and fits of rage and selfish ambition and slander and gossip and arrogance and disorder. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will, be, will, will humble me before you. I'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they've indulged. Man, I just, I hope there's no trouble when I come to see you because I just want to get along and work in Jesus Christ together. We're going to live together in eternity anyway, so let's just get along. I never did anything to you is what Paul's saying. Hey, so may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. May he make you a peacemaker. And maybe, Lord, would you reveal to us if there's anything that we're doing to cause discord among the brothers and sisters, to cause confusion, because it just stops the message. And so, Lord, be with us and help us and deliver us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you. Your love. Peace.